Why would a free people demand a king be placed over them? That's the question Pastor Greg Scalzo will be addressing in this edition of Shi'ar Jashub. Coming from the church of Shi'ar Jashub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut. Hi, this is Patty Scalzo, and I hope you have been enjoying my husband's teaching on heavenly authority. If you have been following along with us, we are currently in the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 8, where the Israelites ask God's faithful servant Samuel, now an older man, to give them a king to judge them, like all the other nations had, a request which we will see displeases the Lord. To expound on this, Pastor Greg went back into Genesis, chapter 47, to the sin of Joseph, when Joseph, at the people's request for salvation, placed them into servitude to Pharaoh at the point when they no longer had money to buy grain during the famine. So let's pick up the Sunday sermon where we left off last time. And as always, should you be in the Madison, Connecticut area, please join us at the Madison Memorial Hall on Meeting House Lane for Sunday service and the study in God's Word at 10 a.m. Now, here is Pastor Greg. Because as a true type of Jesus saving, the people should not have had to become slaves. Jesus sets us free. He gives us liberty. He gives us life. Here the people are being made a slave to who? To Pharaoh. This builds Egypt. This consolidates the power in all of Egypt, which was kind of split up at this point, under one man, one king, one Melech. And who's responsible for it? Joseph. Rather than going to Pharaoh and reminding Pharaoh how God gave the vision to save, and now let's give the people this food they have nothing else to buy with, he takes them as indentured servants. And what does indentured servitude lead to? This was a kind form of servitude, right? They, they got the land, they got the seed, but then you go down a few generations and a Pharaoh who knew not Joseph comes in. And what do you have for the Israelites? You have strong slavery, horrible bondage, where they're taking the children and killing them, where you don't own anything, where you're really someone's slave. Because the king has become so powerful. The government has become so powerful. And Joseph really starts the system that leads to the slavery of his people in Egypt. There's such a pressure in these Gentile nations. They see their king almost like a god. And they see in him the power in him to save them. You see the attitude, save us, save us. Well, there's only one that can save the Lord God. And the only man he's given to save us is Christ Jesus. But people cry after some governmental power that they can regard, that they can look up to. This is a much more official office than a judge. It's a larger scope of rule than a judge or a godly leader. It's permanent, not temporary. It's inherited versus a call of God. It's rule rather than lead. Obedience required of the people rather than influence. When a godly leader like Paul, right, he forms the churches, he appoints leadership over the churches. When he writes them a letter, does he ever say, now you do that, I've said it, that's it, I've made a decree? No, what does Paul do? He reasons with them, he pleads with them, he begs them, he tries to influence them based upon the Holy Spirit. 
A king rules. A king requires obedience. A position based on earthly possession. They own the land. They own the people so they could bequeath it. When they die, that which they own, they give to their sons. Versus the heavenly anointing when you see Samuel on the donkey going from town to town as a circuit rider to dispense judgment as a servant. A king versus a servant leader. That's the difference between the power of the kings versus the power of the judges. The power of the judge, if a judge, when Samson went bad, what happened? Did the people have to worry about Samson ruling over them? God stripped his power. The man was blinded. He was chained to the millstone. And not until he repented did the power of God come back upon him. But when the king goes bad and he has the army and he has all the governmental power and he's a king unlike his father David, then you have problems. Remember the words of the judge Gideon uh, in chapter 8 of Judges in verse 22. Then the men of Israel said to Gideon, rule over us, both you and your son and your grandson also. Make a dynasty, Gideon, for you have delivered us from the hand of Midian. But Gideon said to them, I will not rule over you, nor shall my son rule over you. What does it say there? The Lord shall rule over you. That's who is to be our king. The only one you can totally trust the Lord God, the Lord, and every godly leader, everyone of true heavenly authority has the same attitude. Yes, people placed in authority, religious authority, ministers, those given different positions, governmental leaders in our country should be the same. The idea was a servant leader. That's where the people elected them. We were different from the European nations. The attitude should be, I can lead by God's anointing, but I can't rule over you. A king rules. The only one that can rule in that way and have total authority over us should be the Lord God. And the only man on earth that ever was the Lord God was Jesus Christ. And the Lord will use this cry for a king, which we'll see that God does not liken the people, but he'll use it to show the kingship of Messiah the one to whom the throne of David should go because he is the only righteous one. And so his kingdom lasts forever and ever. The people want to be just like the people around them. How much that peer pressure. Look, all the other nations have kings. Why can't we have a king? They're asking for servitude. They're asking for slavery. Samuel responds the correct way, different than Eli, he prays. He prayed to the Lord. And look what the Lord says to him in 1 Samuel chapter 8 and verse 7. And the Lord said to Samuel, heed the voice of the people and all that they say to you. Do what they say. God's going to use it. For they have not rejected you. Remember, Samuel was called to be a judge over them for his whole life. They have not rejected you, but they have rejected me that I should not reign over them. Well, they have not rejected you, Samuel. They have rejected me, the Lord says, that I should not reign over them. The reason they're doing it is not because of Samuel's lousy sons. It's because they want someone other than God to reign over them. And this is something in human nature. They don't want to follow the Lord God. 
They don't want to constantly have to repent. Remember the great repentance at Mizpah and the victory they had? They don't want to keep repenting. They don't want to have to keep relying on the power of God to fall and protect them. They don't want to follow God as a king. And so really they're using Samuel's sons as an excuse to reject Samuel, who was a leader, but really to reject God and his kingship by asking for this replacement, this king, this one they can follow and establish and set up. They have rejected me that I should not reign over them. And that summarizes this whole section that we're studying. They want to follow a man rather than follow God. And they reject God as their only king. We saw in Judges 21-25 how without a king and without a central authority, Everyone, what does it say? Everyone did what was right in his own eyes, right? And if the people did not, each person, each man and woman, submit themselves onto God, right? When we submit ourselves onto God as our king, it works beautifully. But if you don't do that, what do you have without a centralized authority? You have chaos, right? And we read in the book of Judges, there was a lot of chaos at this time. Also, if there's not a centralized point around the Lord, there was supposed to be a centralized worship. Where was that? That was up in Shiloh, where the tabernacle was. What happened to that? Shiloh fell because of sin. Well, without a centralized worship, you don't have in the natural, the natural strength of a nation that has a king with a centralized government, collecting the taxes, building the armies, making boundaries for the nation, expanding those boundaries. If you don't have the Lord as your centralized leader and you fall away, you don't have the natural strength of the nations. Now, God supernaturally comes in and delivers them time and time again, even after they fall away. They cry out and he delivers them. But in the natural, they see the nations around them with their king, with their borders, with their armies, as more powerful than themselves, as less chaotic than themselves. And human nature says, well, if we have the same type of strong leader, the same type of king, it's going to be the answer to all our problems. We don't have to constantly do this religious repentance stuff. We'll just have power. We'll have earthly civil authority. And there's this tendency of people to place themselves in bondage to this strong central government because it makes their lives easier. They think sometimes that freedom is too hard. And freedom sometimes can be too hard. It requires great responsibility on each member of a free society. Judges was a free society at that time. The people were not responsible. And there was chaos and a lack of strength because of that. A free society requires great moral strength, great moral character. But if you don't have that and you want strength, then you need to go to something centralized, some type of strong leadership, because freedom is just too hard. And that desire to follow one strong one, it brings in the Alexander the Greats. He'll take and unify our Greek states. And we'll follow him, this demonic Alexander that at 30 some odd years old spread his rule even over into Persia. It brings in the Caesars. It brings in the Kaisers. It brings in the Tsars. It brings in the Napoleons. It brings in the Hitlers and the Stalins. Because we need a leader, a strong man that we can place all our trust in. And someday, 
it'll bring in, the scriptures tell us, the Antichrist. Jesus, the true king, came humble. He came bearing truth. But he was not the type of king the people wanted. In John chapter 5, what does he tell them? He says in verse 43, I have come in my Father's name, and you do not receive me. If another comes in his own name, him you will receive. He speaks of how they will receive the kingship of another. Give us a king, give us a monarch. Anything rather than letting God reign over them, letting God be king in each man and woman's life. Thank you for joining us today. You have been listening to the teaching ministry of Greg Scalzo, pastor of Shear Jeshub Christian Tabernacle of Madison, Connecticut. We know it is terribly difficult to find the time to write in today's fast-paced world, but if you could find the time to drop us a postcard, your words of encouragement would be a real blessing. Our address is Shear Jeshub Christian Tabernacle, Post Office Box 518, Branford, Connecticut, 06405. And as always, we welcome you to join us at our church service. Shear Jeshub Christian Tabernacle meets every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. in the upper room of the Madison Memorial Hall on Meeting House Lane in Madison, Connecticut. Take I-95 to exit 61. Go south to Route 1. Turn right, and at the next light, turn right again. May the Lord's presence overflow in your life as you serve Him.